Welcome to Band Weekly. That's Borse and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat a little bit of sports, a little bit of entertainment, and then at the end of the show, we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment, otherwise known as wrestling. We're your hosts as always. I am Boris, and this week I am joined by the one, the only, the magnificent Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. The magnificent Matt. I love it. Uh, me and the magnificent Morocco, we have similar builds. Hopefully I bring a little more personality to this thing. Now, magnificent Morocco is pretty dope too. How you doing, big homie? It's nice to see you. Nice to hear your voice. I'm doing damn freaking good. Let me tell you that. It's been a hell of a few weeks. Um, yeah. Hell of a few weeks. Where do we even start? Uh, feeling, I'm feeling a lot better from COVID, man. Like, it, it kicked my ass. Even leading, like, last week, I was all ready. I did NXT talk. But like I mentioned during NXT talk, I was still feeling a little on the weak side, right? Like, it was, it was still kicking my ass a little bit. But by Friday evening, I was just ready. I was ready to go, ready to, to get my Boris on. That's exactly what I did. Got my Boris on, <laughs> had some fun, and honestly, like the weekend, kind of took it easy for the most part. Uh, but yeah, it was you know it was a fun, fun time, and overall, I'm feeling a lot freaking better. Um, and, and and you know, one of the major things, it's like yeah, I've talked about this on these shows a lot, right? Like you know, my 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 Boris walks and stuff like that, right? Like you know, it's it's one of those things. I kind of want to live past the age of 50 60 you know that would be nice <laughs> be nice <laughs> no but like realistically like you know i i don't have kids as far as i know um but <laughs> i have nieces and nephews that i absolutely adore right and there's something to be said about like these especially my my nephews the two nephews like my brother's children they look up to me in a way and it's kind of those things where it's like when I noticed how much they actually give a shit about me or look up to me or whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to what to say, what word to use. It's one of those things where it kind of put my life into a little bit of perspective. And I'm like, okay, for I gotta, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta kind of be do better for these kids, right? They're not my kids, but they might as well be sometimes. Like just the way that I have this connection with them. So, short story long, because that's what I love to do here on Bam. I'm starting a new routine, Matt, and you know my sleeping schedule is not the best, so I'm starting a new routine. Let's see how this goes. I'm going to be waking up early, regardless of what time I fall asleep, and I think that this will help me get more sleep at night, but I'm going to be waking up early. I'm going to be going for a Boris walk. I'm going to be, quote, unquote, working out, whatever that means, right? Um, But, you know, this is day one. Right after this recording, today's a special day, just because we are recording BAM at an ungodly hour in the morning, but this is day one, Boris walks, prep for the day, you know, it, it, and let's see how this goes, and hopefully, like, it just overall helps. Good, man. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Good for you, brother, brother, brother. It's, uh, you know, sometimes you got to look at yourself, and uh, I like the motivation, too, be it for, you know, your nieces or nephews, or just for yourself, man, and one day maybe you'll have a Boris clan of your own, a little family, little uh, little Cody Rhodes fans running around the house. <laughs> yep, because there's, there's more than one royal family in podcasting, my friend. <laughs> it's not just Conrad Thompson. 
exactly. Or Kevin uh, Smith. It's the Aguilar clan. <laughs> I love it, buddy. Oh, man. No, yeah. And here's the soul here's... and in various other body parts. Anyway, go on. <laughs> but here's kind of like the thing. This is one of like the big discussions I had, like Saturday night, Sunday morning, whatever you want to say. I was having this conversation with a friend, and I think we both kind of had this light turn on where it's like holy shit are we going through a quarter life crisis quarter life that's generous <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you almost made me spit out my coffee <laughs> uh, oh that's funny though man yeah definitely hey, but no, you but said like, you had a Sorry, I just want to clarify one more thing. When you said you had a light turn on, you mean like a light switch flip on, like an idea coming you. Not yeah. that you were lightly turned on. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> I could say so many things, but this is the free show. <laughs> Gotta be careful what I say. <laughs> oh, no, but like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I'm in a good place overall i really am but there's certain areas where i kind of want to do better right like there's certain uh even 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 like friendships and relationships and things like that personal and professional where i feel like you know i gotta be a little more focused and that's like i had a bit of a existential crisis over the last several months right And, and that's one of the many reasons why not to get deep or anything, right? But like, it's one of the reasons why I like to stay super busy. You know more than anyone else that like things that like for the past year they've been pretty tough. But you know, I'm I'm trying. One thing that I've really noticed is there are certain things that you just can't change. You have zero control over. It's not that you can't change. It's that you have zero control over what the resolution is, what the end result is going to be, and. You got to just live with it, right? You got to you gotta be reactive in that sense. You can't plan everything. You can't be proactive for everything. You can be proactive in kind of other things, and maybe that certain situation won't appear. But there's always situations, whether it be, you know, romantic relationships or friendships and things like that, or even professional jobs where you literally have no control over certain things. I've been there uh, with the professional thing over the past couple months, but yeah, man, absolutely big homie. Hey, that's, that's a mature attitude to have brother, brother. And, uh, you know, you know, no matter how you get there, it's important just that you just get there. We all, we all walk a different path and we all, uh, for lack of a better term, grow up at a different time. You know what I mean? I feel like I've uh, matured a ton since the pandemic has started, but I was 33 to 35 in that time frame. Like I, I did a lot of work and a lot of maturing that should have probably happened years ago, you yeah, know? So we all, sure. we all figure these things out. We all figure these things out at different times though, man. I'm glad to hear that you're in good spirits though. You look good. You sound good. And that's, that's dope. I, yeah. I definitely had no existential crises on my end this summer, but <laughs> I'm glad you're out the other side, big man. Yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is, like I said, day one. Ask me later this week how I'm feeling, right? Like, it's an up and down thing, right? You got its peaks and valleys. But, you know, like I say, I'm, I'm trying this new mindset. I'm trying to, 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 to do this, and let's see how this goes. Because, man, like I say, I'm busy. And, and, and I love being busy, and I love doing what I do. I love doing what I do professionally. I love, obviously, I love my podcasting stuff, and I love SNME. That's why I do so much for SNME. But 
having said that, you know, I got to say, I think you and I are cooking up a few good things for not only SNME, but for BAM in particular, because BAM is kind of like our little, like our little pet project, like our little brand, our little kind of uh, side quest. Yeah, side quest is a good way to put it. I like it. Yeah, we're definitely we're trying to level up uh, these other characters on the side here. Maybe we'll have two builds and we'll see where we go from there. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, no, I'm very excited for what we got cooking up on BAM. Uh, and yeah, we've been trying to do other things. Like I started the TikTok and I only really have the one idea the today in WWE history. I just figured I can get a year out of that. So we're going to do it. And uh, we'll be adding some more lists, some more like little snippets of podcasts to that we got youtube coming we got guests coming for bam hopefully more interviews perhaps it's going to be a good time going into the uh, fall and winter and beyond yeah yeah for sure i think it's gonna be a great time so you know follow our socials i don't promote them enough it's something that i gotta start doing a little more and it's because if i'm not so active on the socials i'm most active on the snme but even that one i we gotta 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 keep it going right for the brand um but yeah, yeah it's for our the bam specific one is at bam sports ent that's bam sports ent that's what we use on all of the social medias uh instagram twitter and then it's at snme radio for everything else and again that's instagram twitter even tiktok even tiktok <laughs> my friend i like how you're pronouncing twitter today twitter <laughs> but it's like uh, yeah our, our <laughs> yes exactly gotta hit that second or third t uh I like our our BAM Facebook. We have a, a good amount of activity considering the small and humble beginnings for BAM. We actually have some we have some uh, feedback there, some some fans talking some sports and some wrestling. Uh, so definitely, if you want to be part of the fun part of the conversation, please join in. And uh, we're always on the lookout for guests. If you have hot sports or wrestling takes, yep. And, you know, one of the things that I really wanted to start doing, and I've talked to a couple people in the group about this, and that's really, and one of the things we wanted BAM to be is kind of like a hotbed for indie wrestling, right? And especially the GTA. The GTA is a hotbed for wrestling. I swear, like every weekend, there's like a thousand shows, it seems. Yeah, there, well, there's uh, Santino's group, and there's Super Kicked, and there's Greek Town Wrestling, which Slam actually is back. runs. Yeah, Smash. Uh, Smash, yeah. Smash yes, is yeah. back. Smash is back. They just uh, did. They just do their first show, or are they, they about just to? did their first show, dude? In London, right? In London, correct. The Toronto shows in September. The nice. London show had this as a match: Jake something versus Mike Bailey versus Alex Shelley. Oh, that's a nice match. That's very, very interesting. Hmm. That would have been awesome to see live. Yeah. Mike Bailey, Mike Bailey live. I don't know if I've ever seen speedball live yet, which is crazy because he always wrestles in Canada. But I don't know if I've just ever caught a speedball show. I don't think I have. I would have remembered, actually, if I had. So I'm sure I haven't. Yeah, I, I, I watched him twice and both times nice. beyond impressed. Actually, this weekend uh, at the Don Ko, uh, Kovlov, Kolov Arena in Mississauga. OTT Wrestling, we talked about them a few months ago. They're having their second show. That's this Sunday, August 14th, being headlined by Harry Smith and Moose. 
Oh, that's interesting. And that's Canadian blood sport, right? That is the physical it's, MMA it's, it's, style. It's wrestling, but it's more. Yeah, okay. It, it is a wrestling show, but it's a little more on the uh, on the strong style. Like, it, like right. you know, so, yeah. But it's not it's not full on blood sport. No, it's no not full on blood sport. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Thunder Rosa is actually going to be at their next show in a few months. Uh, so she's going to be facing the winner of Ashley Demboise and Silesia Sparks, who's made her return to wrestling. Uh, for those oh, people who dope. know the local scene. Yeah, that's dope. Silesia Sparks had a similar situation to Mike Bailey, where her career got stalled because she couldn't leave the country due to visa issues. Right. Yep. So I saw her wrestle Grado. And God bless her, she almost died from from giving a roll-up to Grado. She rolled Grado up and Grado landed, like sat on her face. Like yeah. it was the it was one of the worst botches I've ever seen. And it was for a roll-up. So A reminds you how absolutely dangerous and crazy professional wrestling is. B reminds you that Grado was a terrible wrestler, but uh, an excellent personality. And uh, yeah, Silesia Sparks just had really bad luck around. So hopefully she gets a better run to close out her career here. Yep. Other names on the show, you got Asylum, you got John Atlas, uh, you know, you got some some of some newer talent coming in as well. But yeah, that's this Sunday, August the fourteenth, in Mississauga at the Don Kolov Arena. You know, it's it's where it's the Battle Arts Gym to be exact. Uh, where Destiny nice, puts yes. on a lot of shows. Um, we may have a link for listeners at the SNME socials where you can get your tickets. Uh, so check out for that. That's another reason why you should be checking out our socials. Before we get into sports, Matt, two very quick things I want to talk about. Number one, holy shit, has it been hot in Toronto? Oh, my God. Like, like unbearably so. It's hot everywhere, too. Like, we're complaining uh, about temperatures that are, what, like, it, it was... 37 with the the humidex yesterday celsius and there are places where it's much much worse out there so our our heart goes out to you our european listeners yeah specifically but uh yeah man hot in toronto sticky humid gross it rained it seemed to have helped a little bit but hopefully we get more rain and it breaks this disgusting humidity i left where i was sunday morning at about 9 15 a.m and it was like this just opening up the uh, the door and into the hallway. It was just disgusting. Yeah. Where I was it in the hallway. Like a wall. Like, yeah, it was like a wall. And then I go outside. Oh, my God, dude. I just started sweating right away. It was disgusting at like 9.15 in the morning. But uh, hopefully that breaks up. And one last thing before we get to sports. That is happy birthday to SNME's own Mark Andrada. Oh, shout out Mark Andrada. That's dope. Happy birthday to the producer, to the uh to the king of the the mark out. He's uh his jersey has been retired in SNME radio, but he still shows up from time to time to produce shows and uh yeah, happy birthday, Mark. Thanks for all you do around here. Good luck with all you're doing out there. Yep. All right, let's get into sports because we do have a couple things to talk about. We're really going to be focusing on the wrestling uh, because AEW had not one but two shows. And I just figured we will kind of package everything up into BAM, get it out for free. Everyone is happy. But before we get to the wrestling, let's talk some sports. Let's talk some baseball. The trade deadline was last week. Some This trade deadline was one of the craziest trade deadlines that I've ever seen. Like, it was insane. Probably 
crazier, but the last trade deadline that I've seen this way, maybe because we were actually affected, was in 2015 when we got the David Price and and, and we just went right. all in. And that was a fun uh, run, the 2015 team, obviously. But yeah, I would say this is probably, in terms of especially the big trade, this was the biggest MLB trade deadline ever, I think, yeah. right? Oh, for sure. This trade that we're going to be talking about is unprecedented. It is insane to think that a such a young player, uh, people are already calling him a future Hall of Famer, uh, you know, the the... the, the 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 Roxanne Perez of baseball. Um, <laughs> it's it's just crazy, man. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some Juan Soto. Yes. So the San Diego Padres acquire outfielder Juan Soto and first baseman Josh Bell from the Washington Nationals, the Zombie Expos, Boris, for a package that includes first baseman Luke Voigt, left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore, second baseman slash shortstop C.J. Abrams, outfielder Robert Hassel III, outfielder James Wood, not to be confused with James Woods, someone entirely different, outfielder James Wood, and right-handed pitcher Yarlin Susanna. So uh, you mentioned Juan Soto on the path to the Hall of Fame. Indisputably true. Here's the thing. This package that Washington got is tremendous, and there may be two uh, prospects slash Hall of Fame-ish potential. Like, uh, it's way too early in their career, but Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams are guys who have A to A-plus potential. And Mackenzie Gore has already been playing pretty well this year. C.J. Abrams has not had much of a chance because he's caught between Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, all these guys in the San Diego infield. But C.J. Abrams is dope, too. He's really good at baseball. Mackenzie Gore, really good at baseball. So Washington made out pretty well here. They lost a Hall of Famer, but if this breaks well, they may have gained two Hall of Famers. That's, yep. that's bold, but that's the goal. Yep, exactly. So it was smart. They did. They played it well. Let's talk about another team who didn't play so well and may have not played too smart. And it's not the Blue Jays. We'll get to them in a second. That's the Los Angeles, the California Angels. <laughs> well, so what are you saying? Are you saying the Angels should have traded Otani? Dude, they have no, like, what else outside of Otani and Trout? What do they have? They could have done a full rebuild. They could have 100% gone all in on their farm, and they could have been setting up for the future. What is this team going to do right now with two good players? Well, and, that, and no that's farm. the problem. That's the problem. But baseball is different than basketball. If this was the NBA, the California Angels, as you call them, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, they would have won the last 17 titles. <laughs> like With yeah. Mike Trout in his prime and then getting Otani with what he's doing right now, the best two-way player in the history of baseball, he's basically Kawhi Leonard times 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like If this was the NBA, they'd be fine. But baseball, you can't just ride the individual success of one or even two players, despite the fact that Otani is almost two players in and of himself. So, I don't know, man. I see your logic, but you can't. You can't trade Shohei Otani. You well, just there's can't. There's you another just reason. can't. There's another reason why you can't. And I have a feeling that they tested the waters on purpose and they put out rumors to see how the fan base is going to react and they must have realized we are going to lose a shit ton of season ticket holders and walk up ticket sales if we lose Trout and or Otani. 
So it's like when the Oilers traded Gretzky, except much worse because the Oilers still had a way like a really, really good roster. They still won a Stanley Cup without Wayne Gretzky. Their roster was so deep and they got so much from the Gretzky trade. Right. But the Oilers still lost a lot of fans. People were ready to burn down Peter Pocklington's house like if there were people upset and it would be. Uh, it, it would in some ways not be as bad because hockey is way more important in Edmonton than baseball is to the California Angels fan base. Right. But there would be people who would be mad like the, the Los Angeles Angels would lose fans if they traded Shohei indisputably. They would lose tons of fans, thousands. Yep. And and that's the thing. Like, I understand that. Right. Um, but, yeah, it just it, it's fun to see what's going on there because I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. And they have two huge pieces where they could potentially put themselves in a great position. But, you know, what are they going to do? Be the Ottawa Senators of baseball? (laughs) Well, the Ottawa Senators are looking good now that they have rebuilt. But it it was a grim... It was a grim couple years, and they needed draft luck, and they needed trade luck. They needed a lot of luck all around to get to a point where they might contend for a playoff spot next year. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I think if you're the Angels, you just got to ride it out. You just got to keep rolling the dice on different pitchers and stuff, and you have to treat this like the Pittsburgh Penguins to draw a hockey parallel, treat the Crosby-Malkin area. Uh, era sorry every year they have to try to be competitive you have to try to win the cup when you have a Connor mcdavid you have to try when you have a Carey price montreal used to have to try every year you know yeah exactly i totally get that with that said the american league just bolstered itself like there was no tomorrow you had the yankees making major moves you had the seattle mariners making major moves and then there was the toronto blue jays let's talk about the blue jays matt I got to ask you, because we never really talked about this. How did the Blue Jays fare at the trade deadline, in your opinion? I think uh, people are... Uh, people were a little disappointed, but I'm not. I like what the Jays did. They needed uh, to add some bullpen arms. They did. I like Whit Merrifield a lot. He's not exactly the player I thought we needed most because we have Santiago Espinal playing second, but Whit Merrifield also plays in the outfield, steals a lot of bases. If he gets back to his like MVP, lead the league in hits, steal 40 bases form, that's an incredible player to have on your roster. So I think the Jays did very well at the trade deadline. They geared up for a playoff run, and that's what they're doing. They're going on a playoff run. Yep. Here's the thing. I understand that people wanted them to get Juan Soto. I understand that people wanted them to get Mike Trout or Otani. But let's be realistic. We have a great core right now. Um, You know, one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people had after 2015 was that we sold the farm. We bet the barn, sold the farm, and it didn't pan out. So, Seven years later, do we want to do that again? Obviously, you know, Ross Atkins and, and Mark Shapiro kind of have other ideas. You know, they obviously value our farm because if they, you know, a lot of people are trying to say that they don't have faith in this team. I see it differently. I see it that they do have faith in this team, and that's why they got the chess pieces that they needed to kind of fill certain spots. Absolutely. Yeah, they yeah, exactly right. That's well put. They built up this team. They didn't sell off a bunch of pieces to go get someone else. 
that is indicative that they do like this team. 100% agree with you, man. And yeah, no, I, I don't know. The Yankees have been cold since the trade deadline. I'm feeling pretty good about the Toronto Blue Jays, about our potential four-man rotation in the playoffs. I think it could be, we could surprise some people with this lineup with what we got going on in the bullpen. It could be all right. Yeah, exactly. The one piece of the puzzle that I'm nervous about, but I'm glad that he's actually on the DL now, and that's George Springer. Yeah, yeah. Get healthy. Take your time to rest up. We need George Springer playing at 100%, definitely, yep. if we're going to make make some moves in the postseason, Boris. Any other thoughts about the Jays and the trade deadline and, and the, the last little bit of the season? No, yeah, we're, we're very much in the dog days of summer, man. It's August 8th as we record this. So, yeah, let's let's talk again. It's September 15th when the, the playoffs are about to uh, begin. All right, so speaking of rebuilding from nothing you got we're gonna switch it over to the mls major league soccer and tfc specifically because we are based in toronto we are going to be talking more about toronto teams so we're going to be talking about some tfc and uh they're 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 stringing up quite the run in the regular season in the mls season in the mls regulated games over the past few weeks we have gotten two wins Zero losses and one draw since we, since you know, the, the, the reinforcements, the Italians made it into town. So, yeah, so uh, this is your jurisdiction, homie. Very casual MLS observer here. What I do know is TFC has had a god awful season, terrible and embarrassing. But, like you said, since the player that we signed, Insigni, came over, we are 2 and 0, and he scored a dandy of a goal. Nice little short side in between the post and the goalie in the last game. So, yeah, TFC, the stock is looking up for us. But, yeah, tell us, please, enlighten me. Who is this Insigni? He is, honestly, here's the thing. A lot of people, uh, you know, the, the NASL especially was notorious for signing washed up players, players that are old, players that, you know, aren't necessarily in their prime. And when the MLS came, and that was ultimately the the, the destruction of the NASL in, back in the day, right? Um, MLS came about and they structured themselves with the salary cap that was like, laughable it still it kind of is but then the beckham rule the beckham rule was the designated player or you can bring in you know special players at whatever you want to pay them and they're only going to be worth a certain amount of the salary cap now what's interesting and what i'm loving is that we're getting players in their prime uh you know Giovenco in TFC is a perfect example of this, right? He was in his 20s. He comes in, tears up the league, does what he's got to do, and then ships himself off. Now, we have Lorenzo Insigne. He's 31 years old, not the youngest. But this guy was playing Serie A just a few weeks ago, right? Like, so, you know, the fact that we're being able to bring in, you know, these players that are still you know, making noise in the in, in the scene is, is great. So, you know, Lorenzo Insigne was probably the biggest um, uh, uh, signing that we had. But th- there's been other ones. And just the entire group has been awesome uh, that, the, that they've brought. Um, but, yeah, you know. I think that uh, Bernadeschi as well has been has been really good for the team. Another Italian that has come. Um, yeah, it's just things are things are looking up, Millhouse. 
<laughs> nice. Everything's coming up. Toronto FC. Love to hear it. The former president of the Red Patch Boys. He knows his TFC. He knows his soccer, Boris. So when he says it, you got to listen. Uh, I am excited, man. It's, it's nice to see TFC be good in the city. Like we, you've made this point over and over, but it is worth repeating. Toronto is a city of front runners. We don't care about a minor league team. We don't care about a small indie company that much. We care about the Raptors winning a championship and we, and having the greatest parade in the history of parades. We care about greatness. We want big, we want winners in this city. So if TFC's winning, we'll fill up that stadium. But if they're bad, you can get tickets for cheap. You can get tickets for cheap in Toronto. Yep. And even then, like regular price tickets, they're not that expensive. Regardless, <laughs> that's <laughs> TFC. Let's talk some EPL, English English Premier League. It is back. What a crazy first weekend. All right. This kind of ties into wrestling. Tony Khan must be happy somewhere because his team, Fulham FC, tied Liverpool 2-2. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. What a what a what a way to start the season, Liverpool. What a way to start. That is humongous. Yeah, that was Saturday morning, I suppose, Eastern Standard Time. Yep. That is unbelievable. Good for Tony Khan. Uh, is is Fulham supposed to like be halfway decent, middle of the pack? Are they supposed Mid- to be relegated? Where are they middle at? to bottom. Middle to bottom. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, they're not the team that fared the worst. You had Manchester United, my glorious Manchester United, losing. Yet again, losing to their new coach's first game in the EPL against Brighton and Hove Albion in their first EPL game. Brighton. So that's uh, that's a humongous upset. I imagine a couple people lost a couple dollars on that one. Or got a lot of dollars. (laughs) Also that. Also that, yes. Yeah. But I don't know what Eric Ten Hag has to do at this point, like their coach. Uh, I really don't like... TFs, no, sorry, Manchester United, they have this thing where they just constantly want to keep buying players, right? And to fill the gaps, they brought Ronaldo back for some reason, and it's just not working out. Like, I, they need to completely blow shit up, but you can't, right? You don't want to be relegated. Like, you can't completely blow shit up because of relegation in the EPL. So what, for those people who don't know, you know, if you end up in spots, 18, 19, and 20, you actually get demoted to the league under you. There needs to be a North American sport that has promotion and relegation. There needs to be. We have it we, we have it in international tournaments as well. If you're paying attention year to year to the World Juniors, teams get promoted and relegated. But yeah, it would be so awesome if Major League Baseball say, you know what I mean, like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays went down and I don't know, the... Uh, Toledo mud hens moved up from triple a or something that just it would be so great it would be hilarious but you know here's the thing right it's in in football international football they're clubs they're not franchises you don't have to pay the franchise entrance fee like can you imagine if you were an owner and you paid let's just say a hundred million dollars to have your team and i'm like low balling low balling right now you know in in any league a hundred million and you get demoted like, ouch. It's an excellent point, and that's why it will never just enter a league. But yeah, Boris, if we ever invent a sport, we're doing it this way. We're doing it with promotion and relegation and clubs, etc. Hells yeah. So that is EPL. Let's see what's going on. We'll, we'll talk a little more EPL, um, but 
yeah, week one in the books. Man City winning, Liverpool tying, Manchester United losing, Arsenal winning. There you go. Those are usually typically the big four. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we'll try to keep uh, up on EPL. I was going to try to watch a little more EPL, although I completely missed the first weekend. So I'm off to a bad start, Boris. But it's good to good to hear the Boris EPL update. We have to get David Brightly on. Yeah, we do. EPL talk. 100%. We got to chat with him. Chat with him about some Calgary Flames. Chat with him about some some, some European football. Uh, That'd be awesome. This is kind of one of the things we want to do is open it up more to you, the listeners. So get get to us, whether it be Facebook or any other social media. Just get to us. And now it is time to chat some wrestling. And before we get to some AEW, Rampage, and Battle the Belts, Part three, we're going to be chatting some Impact Wrestling uh, because this Friday, Emergence, Impact Wrestling Emergence, Friday, August 12th, that's this Friday. And man, it's looking like a pretty good card. Um, It is a special on Impact Plus. It's one of their kind of like uh, half pay-per-views. So let's run down the card because this card is actually looking pretty damn good and uh, I'll kind of Tell some stories as to what 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 led us into these matches. How does that sound, dude? Beautiful. That sounds good. Uh, two things. I'll read the I'll read the match because I have it here, and then you tell us about the uh, the the happenings leading up to it. Also, they need to get. I think it's foreigner emergency impact emergency impact <laughs> impact 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 emergency all right moving on so singles match for the impact world championship boris our boy good canadian lad josh alexander versus alex shelley tell me about it all right so this match is essentially a respect angle this is stemming from um when the motor city machine guns and uh josh alexander beat violent by design Ballot by Design was kind of having this thing with Josh Alexander. It was a six-man tag. After the match, um, you know, we had Alex Shelley kind of, kind of, kind of also looking at the belt. He was, you know, he was giving the belt sweet little looks and talking okay. sweet little nothings to it, um, as one does with the World Heavyweight Belt. Um, so that the following week, the more it was a clash of the Mortar Machine Guns, Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, and. You know, the winner would get their shot at Josh Alexander. Odyssey, Alex Shelley won. That's how we got that match. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one, man. This match is going to be tremendous. You know, the Motor City Machine Guns are back. I don't want to say better than ever, but they're, dare I say, making an impact. sad trombone sound effect here but uh, yeah man alex shelley again i'm not sure if career resurgence is the right term because it's possible alex shelley never left you know what i mean it's possible you still got it chance are not appropriate for this man but alex shelley's having a great year he is a great wrestler this should be a great match i'm excited uh, match number two on the docket here in terms of uh, importance is probably for the Impact Knockouts World Championship. Boris, your champion Jordan Grace versus Mia Yim. Yeah, so Mia Yim essentially beat Deanna Perrazzo. And I don't want to say it's a respect angle, but it's not, it, you know, again, it's kind of two faces going at it, right? So, um, yeah. you know, Mia Yim came back at the last Impact uh, Plus special. Uh, you know, really, again, 
doing well for herself. Didn't want to say making an impact. That's why I stuttered there for a second. But yeah, <laughs> but you Yin, did say it. You you did anyway. <laughs> you know me. I got to. I got to. Uh, so yeah, Mia Yim and uh, Jordan Grace is going to be a pretty damn good match. You know, Jordan Grace is having a pretty good run. I still. It's kind of funny to me that a lot of focus on the women's. Or sorry, the knockouts division right now seems to be on Deanna Perrazzo and Chelsea Green, which you might as well talk about the next match. Yes. So there we are. Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo or VXT challenging for the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championship versus your champions, Taya Valkyrie and Rosemary. Yep. So this match is is kind of just stemming from uh, over the past few months. Um, you know, uh, uh, Rosemary and uh, Taya Valkyrie were champs, so there were some matches with Diana Perrazzo and Ro and um, Taya Valkyrie, Taya Valkyrie and Chelsea Green, and now that the knockout champs are Rosemary and Taya Valkyrie, it they kind of just moved over to facing vxt um so yeah this again I'm, I'm this match i'm actually looking forward to quite a bit for the simple fact that like i said a lot of focus has been on diana perrazzo and chelsea green so my gut tells me that they are going to take the belts I was going to say, well, Rosemary and Taya, as good as they are, feel like a thrown together tag team, perhaps a transitional tag team. So I think Chelsea and Deanna, now that they, they have a group name, they're uh, two strongly pushed wrestlers. I think they might hold the titles and go on a little Especially run here. when you think about the last two teams that were champs, right? You had the Iconics and you had um, uh, Madison Rain. And it, it's just like a lot of yeah. turnaround there. So I think you're right with... Um, them being kind of like, you know, holding the fort while they can. And I think that Chelsea Green and Deanna Perrazzo, if you're on social media, you know they're BFFs. And, you know, this whole VXT thing stems from their time in NXT. So I think that it's just the natural progression for them to get these knockout World Tag Team Championships. And we know Triple H watches Impact and loves him some Impact. He'll sign up an Impact wrestler or two. So uh, next up, Boris, a good Lucha thing. Bandito versus Ray Oris. Yeah, this seems to be a special attraction uh, specifically put on for Lucha Libre, AAA worldwide, AAA as we know it. Uh, they seem to just want to throw these two together. They're both in AAA, so it's kind of like a a special match that AAA is putting on. Yes, while we're here with special matches, there's also an AAW heavyweight title match that was just added to this show. Matt Fitchett versus the one called Manders. I am not familiar with either of those two wrestlers' work, but that is a match that is on this Impact Emergence show for the AAW heavyweight title, Matt Fitchett, the champion, versus challenger One Called Manders. So there that is. Uh, next up on the Impact card, we have a 10-man tag team match. Honor No More versus Bullet Club. If Honor No More wins, they get a shot at the world tag team titles. If Bullet Club wins, Honor No More must permanently disband. So your combatants here for Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Hickey Leo versus Honor No More of Eddie Edwards, Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, PCO, the uh, French-Canadian Frankenstein, Boris, and, of course, Vincent. Yeah. So 
Honor No More came in really strong. They looked good. They did the whole Ring of Honor invasion angle, and it just kind of just deflated from there, especially when Tony Khan went on and actually bought Ring of Honor. So this this like Honor No More has really just not looked good. They've lost a lot of matches. They're not a strong-looking stable. So, I, you know, my gut tells me that they're going to lose, and that is going to be it for Honor No More. Um, and, you know, what, what do what does Bullet Club ultimately have to gain from losing, right? Like, it just, it, to me, it makes no sense. I wouldn't be surprised if some of Honor No More's deals are up, and after Friday, we might see some of them leaving to other places uh so you know i just think that bullet club is gonna win honor no more it would surprise me just because of how weak they've been looking but maybe this is their way of strengthening them but i just don't think that's the case i can see literally all five of these guys immediately going to whatever tony khan's vision of roh is after this match like yep. any one of the five or literally all five vincent has already been on the show right on the uh on the last Ring of Honor yeah, show, he was in the, the, six, the trios. He was in the yes. trios match. You know, I, I I never thought I would say this, but I would love to see a Matt Taven angle with Claudio Castanoli, right? Like to me, I think that's just kind of <laughs> like a natural thing that should happen, right? And uh, it can be I, like you know the revival of ROH versus the quote unquote guy who put it out of business. Yes, yes. I can't wait to see people complain about that being on Rampage. Next up, Sammy Callahan versus Steve Macklin. That's an interesting match. Steve Macklin, formerly a forgotten son. Sammy Callahan. What was his NXT name again? Solomon Crow, was Solomon it? Solomon Crow, yep. So, yeah, two NXT uh, notables here, two NXT footnotes, perhaps. But, yeah, Sammy Callahan, Steve Macklin, probably going to be weapons involved. The thumbtacks, yes or no, prop is like, I don't know, thumbtacks, yes, minus 225, do you think? Like, <laughs> there's going to be thumbtacks. You're almost guaranteed at this point. So, this match is was kind of random because at the, um, at the, clockwork, or at the clockwork Orange House of Fun match, Steve Macklin just kind of randomly helps Moose to beat Sammy Callahan. And the feud started from there, right? So, yeah, it just seems pretty random. Uh, but, you know, you're almost guaranteed thumbtacks, Lego, or something that hurts your feet in a Sammy Callahan match. <laughs> I love it, yeah. Uh, and Though it's a singles match, I would still bet high on thumbtack yes, exactly. usage or Lego usage. Yeah, exactly. Not even a weapons match, but they will they will probably use a weapon or two. Here's an interesting one. I kind of like this match a lot. Could Sneaky steal the show? Uh, the time splitter split off. It's the, it's the uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, the, the time splitter spinoff. Chris Sabin and Kushida, not Alex Shelley and Kushida, but Chris Sabin and Kushida versus Violent by Design, which is Diener and Joe Doring. There are four good wrestlers in this match, man. This could be a really, really good wrestling match. Yeah, exactly. So essentially, uh, Kushida helped um, uh, Chris Sabin. Uh, he was getting his ass kicked by Violent by Design. Uh, Kushida helps him, and this kind of just—that's how this match was essentially set up. Uh, and and I think this is going to be a sneaky, fantastic match. You know, I've I've been a huge fan of uh, Joe Doring for a really long time, especially in his time in All Japan Pro Wrestling. Diener, local, you know, he, he, local guy. You see him a lot in in a lot of uh, local independent scene. So, fan of his. 
And what can we say about Chris Saban and Kushida, man? Yeah, Kushida, one of the most underrated in the world. His Man. NXT run didn't go great because 2.0 screwed him up. But if you would have just stuck around a little longer, literally gonna it could have been all right for Kushida. <laughs> hey, who knows if he, like what his deal looks like, right? But that's someone I can honestly see heading back sooner rather than later. That would be interesting. He did basically say like he's never leaving Japan. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, I'm excited for that one. The time spin off, I guess we'll call it. The time spin off versus violent by design. And then we have... For the X Division title, it should be an insane match. Mike Bailey versus Jack Evans. Yeah, so this essentially, Jack Evans was supposed to be part of um, the Ultimate X match. He, uh, Andrew Everett re did replace him a few months ago. And essentially, that's how this match is coming up, right? It's more like Jack Evans inserted himself into the match because originally it was supposed to be um yeah it, like I, I thought it was going to be a triple threat but they're kind of doing the whole rocker romero or mike bailey thing against jack yeah. Evans. so because of his injury he's kind of just like waiting in the wings to see who's going to face him but i still think that this should have been a triple threat so yeah there is i guess there's a chance they booked that because there is a speedball versus Rocky Romero match coming up, right? And whoever this comes Thursday. into that match as the, yep. yes, right. Is that, that's probably taped in speedball one. I, 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 I don't know that, but that's just my assumption. I'm assuming as well. Sense. I'm assuming yeah. as well, but you know, here's where logic kind of makes me laugh because you have, you know, a, a X division championship match on Thursday. And then that winner is going to defend it the next night against uh, someone who's fresh. So hopefully Jack Evans has a, like a, a match on Thursday. That would be fine. That, that's a, that's a good story to tell. They should do that. But yeah, that's the impact show. I'm excited for it. I'll check out a couple matches at least for sure. Definitely. I'm going to check out Mike Bailey, that tag team match for sure. And uh, the main event, probably I'll uh, see if I hit my uh, Sammy Callahan thumbtack prop. It'll be a good time. All right, ready to talk some AEW All Elite Wrestling? Let's do it. Let's talk some some good old Mansur and some John Moxley and two uh, pretty pretty watchable shows. Yeah, very watchable shows. There's something to be said about live editions of Rampage. Absolutely, I thought the pacing of this Rampage was way more digestible. It's they try to cram so much in when it's taped that this live thing seeing something simple like John Moxley watching Mance Warner's promo and reacting to it in the ring was so nice. That's not the kind of detail that they would have time to show you on a typical episode of Rampage. Yep. So uh, it did start right away. Everything felt fast, but there was a better pace to this episode of Rampage than other episodes of Rampage. So AEW Rampage, episode number 53, uh, live from the Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, it aired on August 5th, obviously. So, you know, we right away, John Moxley comes out. Uh, the first match of the night was the interim AEW champion, John Moxley versus Mance Warner in an eliminator match. So essentially... If Mance Warner wins, he gets a shot at the interim AEW World Championship. Matt, you know I'm going to bring this up right away because I know this has been some chatter about this. But rankings, rankings, rankings. 
Yeah, I, I see both sides of it. John Moxley, fighting champion. He'll take on all comers. This was a, a booked match. Like, Mance Warner did win this opportunity at the Ric Flair's final match show in a bunkhouse uh, battle royal, right? Yep. So, yep, that's where, that's how that how this came about. But still, I still At least think, they explain it. Yes, I, at the very I, least. I, yeah. I agree with your overall point that it, why bother having rankings if you're just going to ignore them? For example, FTR being ranked the number one contenders for the AEW tag team title for what, the last 22 weeks or something? And then just not getting a shot because LOL. That's dumb. The way they treat their rankings, it can be frustrating. Having said that, at least they explained it. Someone won a match to get this opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. That's exactly it, Matt. I, and I do appreciate that, right? Like, I feel like... If they give that explanation, I will not bring up the whole thing. But the reason why I did bring it up is just because a lot of people are talking about this, um, you know, the whole rankings thing. Um, so, you know, but let's get to the match. So this match was kind of like for the way that I saw it, at least it was kind of like a John Moxley versus like a Southern John Moxley. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, John Moxley North versus John Moxley South. John Moxley Civil War broke out here. This was a fight. This was an absolute fight. Do you think that they gave this random outsider from Major League Wrestling or wherever Mance Warner came from too much offense against the world champion? It's funny that you say that because I that was actually on my talking notes that 100% that was going to be a thing i think they like john moxley should have beat him a lot faster see uh, yeah i i understand fans feeling that way i saw a lot of that that's why i brought it up i disagree it's wrestling it is fake it is a planned sport it went 11 minutes they had a fight i don't think moxley looked bad i think he looked tough mance warner looked tough i think both guys look better after this match and that's fine you know what i mean i do understand the argument that this guy is like a jobber in a small promotion or not like a world champion maybe he is i don't know he's been uh he's had more success in gcw than anywhere else i believe anyway i can understand the argument i disagree i think they had to have a competitive a good match and they did they succeeded this was an awesome fight yeah, exactly. You know, they took it outside. They were whipping each other into the outside, into the steps. Um, you know, there there was some 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 wrestling, but it was like a real fight, right? Like you got the double wrist lock, but Moxley starts uh, just stomping on Mance. He hits a pile driver. Uh, Moxley eventually chokes Mance uh, out for the win in 11 minutes, 36 seconds. So I do appreciate the fact that, yes, while Mance Warner did get quote-unquote, a lot of offense. Moxley choked them out for the win. Decisive win. Dropped him before the ref even got there to call it. He was like, this man's out. I don't care what you say. Like, this match is over and walked away. And then the ref called for the bell. I thought that was badass. Like a like a UFC finish, right? You yeah. see that in, in fucking Pride or something. That was, that was like some... Uh, I don't know, some uh, Anderson Silva shit. But, uh, yeah, so uh, good match. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was exactly what it needed to be, exactly what I expected. And uh, I would say three and a half bucks snorts out of five for this one. Solid B in Canada. Good good opener here. Yeah, we go essentially go right into the second match, which was... Um, so be Sorry, before that, we had a Ricky Stark segment 
uh, from Dynamite. You know, what's going on with Ricky Starks? He, you know, you had QT Marshall offering his services. We'll see what's going on there. Second match and of the night. Go, before, sorry, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, before you go on, this was tremendously disappointing to me. I'm a huge Ricky Starks fan. And I know he's going to win this program. He's going to win a couple of matches. But, like, really, after the heel term, Ricky's or after Powerhouse Hobbs's heel turn, Ricky uh, Starks full on baby face. The first thing he's going to do is be fucking with QT Marshall yeah. at the factory. Really? That's what we're doing here. That's so disappointing. That's heartbreaking, man. That's actually heartbreaking. Let him do something of note. Let him do something cool. QT Marshall. That's the lowest guy on the roster. Why? Why are you starting him at the absolute bottom? What's the point? I guess he's going to be, he's going to get the slow climb that jungle boy had that everybody has. Sure. Well, you're going to do that for Ricky Starks too, I guess. So let's have a year plus of him beating certain like Aaron Solo types Nick Camarado ah it just sucks everything happens so slowly in AEW sometimes sorry continue it's either so slow or boom right there right and it's one of those things where I feel like they're taking the gas off of any momentum that Ricky Starks had and they did this exact same thing with MJF. Like he's when he does come back, it's going to be so much colder than it would have been had they reminded us that MJF existed over the last eight weeks. Anyway, ah, just very frustrating. I saw this and I was actually mad. I was actually like upset. I, I like left the room and was like, ah, swore. I already dropped an F bomb here. I'll try to keep it PG thirteen. I'll keep it at one. But yeah, disappointing slot for Ricky Starks here. Truly disappointing inside of my heart. Yep, the second match of the night was Konosuke Takeshita versus Ryan Nemeth. Takeshita coming closer to his time in America ending. I think he's back to Japan at the end of the month. Uh, And uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about him in a little bit again. But what do you think of this match? I thought it was perfectly fine. Solid squash. Went about 90 seconds. Konosuke beats up little Dolph Ziggler, brother of Dolph Ziggler, Ryan Nemeth. Uh... Kills he wins it with, with a blue thunder bomb. Oh, I thought did he win it with the blue thunder bomb? Nice. Yeah. I thought he. Uh, no, I thought he. No, won he it got with the, the knee. He did the blue thunder bomb. Yeah. Then did the knee. Sorry. Yeah. No. No worries. Yes. Takeshita wins with his running knee strike. I thought this was perfectly fine. We're gonna go three blue thunder bombs out of five for this one. Ab- above average, all yeah. things considered. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Right after this, did they just replay the same Orange Cassidy best friend segment from Dynamite? I didn't. Uh, I didn't see it on Dynamite. I may have missed it, but it looks like yes. It looks like reading uh, re- reading someone else's notes here, Boris. I believe that yes, they did. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's kind of funny. All right. The next match of the night was Madison Rain versus Layla Gray. Layla Gray kind of being the champion for Jade Cargill. Yeah, so this is uh, this was something. I another thing that I saw a lot of fans upset about. Why side Madison Rain? Why push her? There's so many good women, and I don't disagree with that. AEW's women's division's in a little bit of a rough place. I don't think Madison Rain having long matches on TV is necessarily the answer. This is clearly, clearly just done to feed someone to Jade Cargill. That's Madison Rain is going to be more backstage. She's going to be more of a Sanjay Dutt, and she is just being fed to Jade Cargill next week. That's why this match happened. It wasn't a great match. It was the worst match we're going to talk about on our podcast today. Yeah, by far. Um, Yeah, so, you know, Stokely Hathaway starts stomping on the steps. That kind of distracts Madison Rain. Gray knocks uh, Gray knocks Rain 
to the floor outside as we go to commercial because that's clearly how every commercial has to start. Um, <laughs> Rain, it's kind of funny because coming back from commercial, Madison Rain was actually, uh, you, know, you know, giving it to Layla Gray. She hits a Northern Lights suplex for a two count. Uh, Gray then comes back with a sidewalk slam for another two count. Uh, both on their feet, they trade punches back and forth. Gray goes for a face buster, but Rain kind of counters this uh, with the cross reins for the win in eight minutes, 31 seconds I had. So she hit the crossroads, but she's Madison Rain. So it's the cross reins. You see, yeah. because sometimes it rains and then it rains again in a different direction. And those those rains cross. And that is a anyway. Uh, yeah. Bad match. Uh, below average for sure. God bless them. They tried. We'll go two cross rains out of five for this one. And again, I'm not worried. I'm not upset about Madison Rain being signed. If she's on TV having feuds in two months and Hikaru Shida and Riho or anyone else that you can name are not, then we'll be worried right now. I think she's going to be fed to Jade Cargill and then go away forever. <laughs> That's what That's I think is about to happen. What I'm assuming as well. Uh, after the match, Jade Cargill makes her entrance. Um, you know, uh, she said she'd have handed rain on her handled rain on her own. Uh, she invited rain to fight her uh, at her open challenge on dynamite. Kira Hogan then attacks rain, uh, but rain lands a cross reigns on Hogan before kind of just, smiling at Cargill. Um, after this, we go to a promo with the Lucha Brothers and Arush Andrade. Holy shit. I cannot wait for this match. Yeah, Lucha rules. Uh, actually, it was announced as a Tornado tag match later in this Rampage show, so I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I guess it's going to be Tornado and not Lucha rules. Those are different, but anyway, I'm very excited too. I'm surprised this match didn't happen on the Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Yeah. I thought that's where I thought we were going to get it. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. So this is, uh, yeah. We had the, uh, the, I think all that was left was the Mark Henry interview. Enough time for talking or talking is done or we, we got all the sexual chocolate in. I forget what Mark Henry says other than it's time for the main event for us. Yep. Main event was, uh, uh, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland versus Tony Nese and my boy, Josh Woods. The number one overall draft pick in the BAM ROH draft, Boris's boy, Josh Woods, finally getting a, a match on, on the big stage here on Rampage. Uh, Friday night street fight. I like this a lot. I actually thought I liked the opener more, but I'd probably say right on the same level in terms of professional wrestling match. Good, solid 13-minute fight. Like an attitude era hardcore match, like a you know, like a falls count anywhere style kind of situation here. I, I like this a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like this wasn't necessarily a wrestling match. This was like there were moves. There was a 450 splash. Um, you know uh, that 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 was done. Uh, you know there were double DDTs on Lee, uh, but overall this was more of a attitude era. Uh, hardcore stunt match. show. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a weapons match. It was a stunt show. One of the craziest spots of the year happened in this match. One of the craziest, most dangerous spots of the year. Uh, near the end, Josh Woods, German suplexes, Keith Lee 
off of the apron through two tables and they go down together. Josh Woods goes down with Keith Lee in a German suplex off of the apron through two tables. Incredibly dangerous for a number of reasons. I would not want to be Keith Lee. I would not want to be Josh Woods. I think delivering that move. Yeah. Josh Woods. Significantly more. Yeah. It was significantly more dangerous for oh, so ballsy. Sorry to continuously interrupt you there, man, but it's so much more dangerous for Josh Woods. So ballsy. He has to lift Keith Lee, keep Keith Lee safe, not have this 400 pound man crush his skull under a table like bump like that was so dangerous and crazy. One of one of the most insane spots of the year. Yep. After this, Tony Nese starts throwing a bunch of chairs into the ring. Uh, Nese and Swerve are in the ring. They're going back and forth. Swerve, uh, he hits a high back body drop onto all the chairs. Swerve then went to the top, hits the Swerve Stomp, gets the win in 12 minutes, 59 seconds. That was essentially the show. Yeah, that was it. So uh, if you remember Extreme Warfare Revenge EWR, very clear Tony Khan spent a lot of time playing EWR. We're going to give this match three and a half sick bumps out of five. The sick bump finish, although there was more at the end of this match anyway. Uh, a sick, sick bump in this match. And yeah, good good wrestling match. Three and a half out of five. Good Rampage. This was. I, I wish Rampage could be live every week. This was way better than most Rampages have been lately. Yep, and we go from a pretty good rampage to what I thought was a better AEW Battle of the Belts. Yeah, this was an excellent show, too. All three matches delivered. Yep, exactly. All right, let's talk about the first match. Wardlow versus Jay Lethal for the TNT Championship. Did Jay Lethal, like, they're doing so much work to build up Wardlow as this monster. He gets into these matches, and I feel like he needs to start squashing people more. Like, I would uh, not have been mad if Jay Lethal lost in 30 seconds. I understand that, but yeah, I, you got to develop Wardlow's in-ring technique. At some point, if he's going to be world champion, he can't just be squashing people. Even if he's gold, like even Goldberg had good matches with DDP with like Sid once like Goldberg had actually good matches here and there. So even like Batista, those types of Pokemon Boris still must wrestle. So at this point, I think it, I think Wardlow's kind of passed the squash uh, status, you know, you think so? I, I do. Hmm. I don't know. It Maybe, just seems it weird. It, 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 it seems yeah. like it's inconsistent booking with Warlow, right? Like they want him to be a, a monster, but then when it comes to match time, it's like, oh, he's gonna, you know, have a twenty-minute match with Orange Cassidy, or a yeah. eight-minute, not twenty minutes, but you know what I mean, or an eight-minutes match with Jay Lethal, right? I didn't mind it. I can see your point, though. I can see your point. Yep. So this was. At the end, of, at the end of the day, the Warlow did get most of the offense here, right? Jay Lethal kind of did a couple things. Uh, you know, at one point, Warlow goes for a clothesline. Lethal ducks it, hits an enziguri. Uh, Warlow comes back with suplex. Um, you know, Lethal tried to hit a bunch of drop kicks. Uh, you know, then he kind of pretended to hurt his knee, but he was kind of like bullshitting. Uh, he rolls Warlow up for a two count. And what I did like about that was like, okay, Jay Lethal is the veteran, and he's like, I'm doing all my wrestling moves. Nothing is working. I'm going to try to be cheap at this point, right? So I kind of like that uh, uh, that, that, that little angle that they were going with. Uh, Lethal goes for a pin. He gets a two count. Uh, Warlow got up. 
He went for a power bomb, but Lethal worked his way out. He tries to go for a lethal injection. Warlow catches him, hits um, a beautiful headbutt. He then lands another clothesline to just completely knock Lethal out. He then goes for the power bomb. He gets it, is the winner. Seven minutes, 25 seconds. Warlow is your TNT champion still. Yeah, good match here, I thought. Uh, definitely nothing wrong with it. I can see your argument, though, that made a lot of sense. Uh, I would give it three power bombs out of five for this one. Yep, after the match, all of Lethal's boys were beating up Warlow Singh, taking the lead. Uh, Lethal kind of hits a figgle, figure four while Singh steps on Warlow's throat. Warlow kind of gets out of it. And I, I really like this. I like the tease here because he looks like he's going to power bomb Singh, but Lethal gets up. He breaks this up, and um, yeah, they get tables. Singh choke slams Warlow through the table, and they kind of pose over Warlow while Lethal holds up the TNT title. So I guess this is going to keep going on. Yeah, so the, the good and bad of Tony Khan's booking, like he he sees a moment like Warlow power bombing Satnam Singh, if that is going to happen. We're going to see it on a big show, at least a dynamite, perhaps at the next pay-per-view is where we're going to see Wardlow powerbomb this giant. And it's going to be spectacular and people are going to go nuts. The bad side is that someone like Ricky Starks is not going to have anything to do for the next six months. Right. Like the the, the good and the bad of the slow builds here. But yeah, I, I it will be a, an incredible wild visual if Wardlow can ever powerbomb this giant. Yeah, exactly. Second match of the night. Your AEW Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hayter. Matt, initial thoughts on this match? Really good match. Surprisingly good. Jamie brought it. One of the best Jamie Hayter matches of her entire career, I thought. Thunder Rosa, good performance. I've seen a lot of complaints about Thunder Rosa that she doesn't sell well. She doesn't sell at all, I've seen. I, that was not the problem with this match. Thunder Rosa sold a lot. They beat the crap out of each other. There was a little bit of interference, but I thought it worked and made sense. Didn't detract from the match. It added to the match. I thought this was very, very strong. Yeah, you know, you get your typical, uh, you know, Britt Baker's out there. She's kind of constantly distracting Thunder Rosa, and that gives Jamie Hayter that little, little moment of advantage. Then Jamie Hayter would get some moves in. Uh, at one point, she slams uh, 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 Rosa on the ring steps. You know, and and I, I kind of like that overall. Um, it kept everyone pretty strong. Uh, Rosa hits a Northern Lights suplex for a two count. She then drop kicks Hater through the bottom two ropes. Uh, Rosa then lands a senton from the apron. Uh, Rosa hits a crossbody for a two count. Hater then comes back, lands a backbreaker. Brain Buster for another two count. Um, Hater was then being held back by Aubrey, and Baker attacks Rosa, and this time she actually went for the attack. Tony Storm tried to help, um, and uh, Baker and Storm just end up fighting each other, and this opened up the match for Rosa to roll up Hater for the win. Great match. Fucking hated the ending. Sorry for swearing. No, I actually didn't mind the ending at all. I, I kind of thought they needed to go home right there, and it was kind of a flash pin. I, I, I can understand hating the, the roll-up finish is a little bit of a trope, but I liked it. I thought it worked for this match. I thought they earned it. Yeah. Yeah, I would have like I would have accepted a German suplex. It's, it's just the fact that it was another roll-up. 
Yeah, fair enough, man. It's a trope in wrestling. We see it all too often. But again, I thought it worked for this particular match. I really like this match a lot. I don't know if I'd call it great, but it was right up against that line. So we're going to go three and three quarter Casadora roll ups out of five. Seventy five percent B plus in Canada is the best match uh, of the podcast so far, I think. Yep. All right. And then the main event of the night was for the ROH Championship. Claudio Castanoli, your champion against Kanesuke Takeshita. Probably the best match that we're talking about on this podcast, right? Yes. Immediately uh, past the previous match as the best match on the podcast. This match was awesome. Great, great match. Only minor nitpick is that never for one second did I think that Kanosuke had a chance to win. You know, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because I thought the exact same thing. And then when the commentators were literally talking, I here's the thing. I don't remember if it was this show or the previous show, but I watched them back to back. So it was like just something that I remember them saying and how they're saying that his time in America is ending. So it's like, I think it was right before this, as this match is starting, they were literally saying that he's going to leave the state. So it's like, um, what are the odds of him actually winning this match regardless I loved the first, like, what, 90 seconds of this match. It was just crazy fast. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Claudio rushes in, but uh, Takeshi knows that Claudio has a penchant for rushing in, so he kind of dodges him. And, uh, yeah, they just went balls to the wall from there, man. This was an excellent match. But, yeah, it did run into that problem, unfortunately. Like you said, they telegraphed the fact that he's leaving straight up very soon. But even then, you just knew that... Takeshita wasn't going to win this title from Claudio. They signed Claudio to be Ring of Honor champion, presumably paid him a lot of money. You just knew. And the announcers did a great job of telling you how awesome Kanosuke is, how great he's going to be, how he will be a future world yep. champion, will be a future star. The announcers did put him over. But yeah, that would be the nitpick with this match, in my opinion, is that you knew the entire time. And that's the problem with many AEW matches. You know the entire time what's going to happen so while the in, while the actual in ring is so brilliant from time to time, you you just kind of are just watching the exhibition, right? Yeah, exactly. So both men are at the top rope to catch the hits a turnbuckle DDT and a splash for a two count. Uh, he goes for a knee strike. Castanoli catches him with a European uppercut. This gives him a two count. Then he gets. Uh, Castanoli hits a sharpshooter, which he turns into an STF. I really like this little part of the match because it was just like, you know, it was uppercuts, knees, wrestling move, wrestling holds. I really like this. Just, I'm, I'm loving the style of, that Castanoli's really bringing into AEW. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, intelligent, hard-hitting style, and he's very adaptable. He'll change up his match. Like, his match versus Kanosuke here looked nothing like his match versus Jake Hager, for example, which was also awesome for a different reason. Yep, exactly. At one point, though, I, I will say I thought that Takeshita could have gotten, like, a, a very near, uh, near fall because uh, Castanoli kind of um, went for a Ricola bomb, but Takeshita just rolls him up, and it was uh, as close of a two count as you can possibly get without actually winning the match. That was a very good near fall. That was a very good. They did. A, they worked hard, man. There. This was a brilliant wrestling match. Brilliant work in the ring. Yep. It was a very good near fall. Exactly. And then the end. Takeshita was going for the knee. Castle only catches him. Drops him on his head. Uh, the two are going back and forth with uppercuts. 
uh, Castanoli then hits a leaping lariat. Then he did hammer elbows. He hits him with the Ricola bomb for the win in 20 minutes on the dot to end the show. What a match. My favorite AEW match from the entire week, i.e. three shows. Dang, yeah, I could see that, man. This was uh, absolutely brilliant. We got to go back to that Death Valley driver thing where, like, out of midair, right at the end of the match, when Takeshita goes for his jumping knee finisher, Claudio just catches him and hits a Death Valley driver, drops him right on his head, like you said. That was crazy. The announcers let us know, too, like, the amount of strength that that takes, we don't appreciate the Swiss Superman enough. That was an insane spot. Brilliant wrestling match. We're going to go... Four and a quarter Cinnabombs out of five for this one, Boris. It's a solid A in Canada. It will probably be on our list at the end of the year of the best matches of the year. This match was awesome, despite the fact that you knew Takeshita wasn't going to win. You also knew that Ric Flair wasn't going to lose the world title to like Brad Armstrong or something, I suppose. But he still had a good match with him. Like, it's wrestling. Exactly, exactly. You know, we, we, we say this all the time, that just when you, just because you know the outcome of the match doesn't mean that the match isn't going to be good, right? And I'm more impressed when you are entertained by a match full out knowing the outcome. So in my opinion, this match was actually that much better than I think it was because I still enjoyed it regardless of knowing what the outcome was going to be, you know? So... That's, you know, I, I feel like we may have even underrated a little bit for that very fact. Uh, perhaps, man, but you know, I still think I think four and a quarter yeah. stars, four and a quarter, whatever is the right rating for this. I think that's that's exactly what this match was. It was awesome. Uh, go out of your way to watch it. It was it was brilliant. And yeah, Takeshita is going to be a big, big star. Hopefully yep. he comes back over and does it in America. I think that would be really cool. It would be really cool. So, Matt, that is it. We are done with our wrestling. We are done with our sports. We are done with our entertainment. That means that we are done with this episode of BAM. Like I said, if you are listening to this on the free SNME feed or the BAM feed, go check out the Patreon where you get one wrestling show each and every single day, including access to the live after parties after every major pay-per-view or wrestling event. Uh, patreon.com slash SNME radio for five bucks a month. That's it. You get one wrestling show a day plus access to the entire library plus Zoom links for our live after parties. That's patreon.com slash SNME radio. All the social medias for SNME radio. It's at SNME radio. And like I mentioned earlier, follow BAM on Facebook or you can follow us on Twitter at BAM Sports ENT. So much great stuff coming, not only for SNME Radio, that's Sunday night's main event, but for BAM. Tons of stuff in the work. Tons of, oh, I'm so excited to start announcing stuff. <laughs> Same, man. It's going to be a good fall, good winter. Good job, homie. Thank you very much for listening. Stay cool out there. It has been a hot summer. Yeah, it's yeah, been, yeah. It's been a hot girl summer. So let's keep <laughs> it going. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Just remember, stay tranquilo. <laughs>